Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dude, is that Chelsea Hartley with your dad? My best friend Alvin was scrolling through social media and he showed me a photo of my dad with Chelsea. No way, what would he be doing with her? He's a security guard at a museum for God's sake. She's like the most awesome girl in the universe. Not to mention, she's super rich. Just then, my dad walked into our kitchen. He told us that he met Chelsea at the history museum he worked at. What would she be doing in an old, creepy museum? Careful, that old and creepy museum feeds your scrawny behind. Miss Hartley was there for a private tour. She'll also be attending the exhibition this weekend. There will be all kinds of cool artifacts on display. A few are even for sale. I zoned out at the mention of artifacts. After Dad left the kitchen, Alvin and I kept looking at photos of Chelsea. I idolized her. She was only a few years older than me and was already a billionaire. I'd kill to meet her. You totally could. Just ask your dad to get you into the exhibition. My dad's answer was a flat-out no. But Dad, I need to meet her. If it's an autograph you want, I might be able to get it for you. You don't understand. She could help Marie. I'll go in and show her Marie's medical appeal. She can put it in her social media. Dad, she could even help pay for the surgeries. Please, Dad. His answer was still no, but I wasn't going to listen to him. This time, I was going to take matters into my own hands. I had no idea how literal that was about to get. Hi, my name is Dustin. This is the story of how I planned to ask a billionaire to help my sister get a life-saving surgery. I know you're wondering what that has to do with me having the biggest hands in the world. Watch and find out. A few days after my conversation with Alvin and my dad, I came home to find my mom crying. She said that my little sister Marie was getting worse. Marie had been sick all her life. Sometimes I felt guilty for being the healthy one. What if we could sneak into the museum? Alvin and I were hanging out in my room. How would we do that? Your dad has an access card, right? Day before the exhibition, I stole my dad's museum access card. Alvin and I waited till nighttime, then we snuck into the museum. Our plan was to stay hidden till morning, then attend the exhibition and look for Chelsea. This place is creepy. Hey, check this out. Alvin was standing in front of an open glass display. I told you not to touch anything. Why did you open it? Jeez, calm down. It was like that. 
I haven't touched anything, I swear. That was strange. I looked inside the display, and there was nothing interesting, except for a pair of tattered leather gloves. They were old and wrinkly. Ew, I bet they stink. Alvin laughed. He picked up the gloves and threw them at me. What did you do that for? We're already in trouble for being in here. You're such a chicken. Come on, put them on. I'll take a pic and you can show it to Marie. You know how she likes this stuff. It'll cheer her up. To make Marie feel a little better, I put the gloves onto my hands. They were rough and dusty. After a few tugs, I had both gloves on. Alvin was laughing as he took photos of my hands and then said it was his turn to put them on. All right, and who are you planning to impress with them? Marie, of course. Alvin wiggled his eyebrows. Dude, that's my sister. Gross. I pulled the gloves, but they didn't come off. I pulled again and again, but they didn't budge. I asked Alvin to pull them, but still, no luck. My hands were starting to itch, and I felt like my skin was on fire. My palms were sweaty. I felt like the gloves were eating my hands. Alvin, get them off! We tried for about an hour, but the gloves never came off. The longer we stayed in the creepy room, the more I panicked, so we ran out of there. The next morning, I was woken up by Alvin screaming. Dustin, oh my god, look at your hands! I looked at them and fell out of bed. My hands were the size of shovels. This couldn't be happening. Was this some kind of disease? Then I remembered the gloves. I looked at my hands again and noticed something even weirder. The gloves were no longer old and wrinkly. They looked brand new. To say I was freaking out was an understatement. Dad! Shh, what are you doing? Your dad is going to be so pissed at you? Have you forgotten what we did last night? Alvin had a point. There was no way I was telling my dad that I stole his access card. So what now? What do I do? First, you're going to go back to bed and pretend you're sick. I'll come over after school and we'll figure this out. Does anything hurt? No, but how am I going to eat? I'm starving. As Alvin fed me my breakfast, I thought about my sister. There was no way I was getting near Chelsea now. I felt like I'd let my sister down. After school, Alvin came straight to my house. He was buzzing with all the stuff he'd read online about mysterious gloves with mystic powers. Dude, it says you can lift a house with those things. A freaking house! That's impossible, Al. Did you find out how to get them off? We need to return them to the museum before Dad finds out. You're kidding, right? Aren't you curious? I know you're freaking out, but where's your sense of adventure? A few minutes later, we were out walking in the neighborhood looking to put my magic hands to work. It was dark, and my hands weren't exactly easy to walk with. Look, it's an abandoned car yard. Come on, I have an idea. Alvin wasn't known for bright ideas, and this was no exception. All right, Dustin, I want you to lift that car. He was pointing to a rusty pickup truck. You've watched too many movies. There's no way I'm lifting that. Come on, let's go home. I need to talk to my parents. Just humor me. I promise we'll go tell your dad everything. Alvin filmed as I put my hands on the trunk and tried to lift. The truck went flying across the yard. I fell backwards and landed on my butt. Alvin dropped his phone. He looked like he'd seen a ghost. I... I... You're... You... Is that enough adventure for you? When we got home, Dad told me that he'd been fired because of the missing gloves. Guilt overcame me, so I told them everything. Mom was afraid. She thought I was sick too, just like Marie. Dad was angry at first, but then his curiosity won. Are you sure these are the same gloves from the museum? Because I've seen those and they look nothing like these. After a few minutes of answering my dad's questions, I was ready for bed. Over the next few days, I trained myself to use my big hands. I learned how to feed myself, use the bathroom, and even use my phone. I'd sneak out at night and go into the woods with Alvin. I uprooted trees, dug holes deep enough to bury a house. You know, just your normal teenage mischief. I was having fun. 
One night, Dad knocked on my bedroom door. Dustin, hey, you got a minute? Sure, Dad. So, I've been thinking, what if there was a way you could make money using your hands? You mean, like, sell them? Wouldn't they have to chop my hands off? What? No! Come for a drive with me. I need to introduce you to someone. He took me to a dark abandoned warehouse. Um, Dad, what? Suddenly, I saw headlights, then heard the sound of a car starting. Then, the car headed straight for us at full speed. Dad, look out! But my dad was not standing next to me. I was alone and a few seconds away from being flattened by a semi-truck. I put up my hands and waited, but all I heard was the screech of brakes. I'd stopped the freaking truck. Did you see that? I told you you could do it. My dad was jumping up and down. I was so angry at him. You knew they were going to do that? I could have been killed. Those are some impressive hands you got there. I'm about to make you a very rich man. A woman in a black hoodie and sunglasses was standing next to dad. I'm sorry we scared you, but we had to see for ourselves before we agreed to anything. Consider yourself hired. I was confused. What was going on? Dustin, I know you're angry at me, but please hear me out. We were back home and I was still mad. The woman you saw is Carmen. She owns that warehouse. Every night she holds events there. What kind of events? My curiosity made me forget I was angry. Imagine doing what you just did with the truck in front of hundreds of people. Carmen is offering to pay you if you agree to put on shows at her warehouse. Think of what the money could do for Marie. How could I say no? I was the reason my dad no longer had a job. I had to make it right. The next day, we went back to the warehouse and met Carmen again. By evening, I was ready for my first show. The event was advertised as special and never seen before tickets sold out in minutes. The place was packed. Dude, this is insane! Are you sure you want to do this? Alvin was filming as I changed into my outfit and mask for the show. I kind of owe it to my dad, plus it looks like fun. You're the one who's always talking about finding my sense of adventure. I know, but this is different. I don't trust that woman. What if she sets you on fire? Alvin had a flair for the dramatic. Half an hour later, I was locked in a steel cage, suspended above a tank full of water. Without warning, the cage was dropped into the ice-cold water. The cage sank to the bottom. I had minutes before I drowned. I grabbed several steel bars and I pushed. They came off easily and I swam to the surface. The crowd went wild. I'd done it. You outdid yourself, Dustin. You even beat the timer we set for you. We got the crowd to bet on your time. You've just made a million dollars. Congratulations. A million dollars? Dad, did you hear that? My dad hugged me and we fell to our knees sobbing. The next few weeks were the greatest of my life. Carmen had me perform stunts every night. I pulled a bus full of a cheering crowd. I punched holes into steel walls. And the craziest of them all, I lifted two pickup trucks at the same time. People flocked to Carmen's warehouse to see The Handyman. That's right, I had a cool name now. They wore t-shirts with images of my hands on them. I had fans and millions of followers on social media. I even hired my own bodyguards. I needed my hands protected at all times. My life as Dustin was no more. I paid for all of Marie's surgeries. She was going to make a full recovery soon. I also bought a house for my family and we moved out of our old neighborhood. Alvin and I kept in touch for a while, but soon I got new and much cooler friends. I even got a girlfriend. She swore she liked me for my personality. My craving for adventure soon turned dangerous and reckless. Carmen's shows started to bore me. I started performing stunts on my own out on the streets. Most of the time, police had to be called to control crowds. Many people would get injured in stampedes. I didn't care. One day, I announced on my social media that I was going to perform my most dangerous stunt yet. 
I was going to stop a moving train. My parents begged me not to do it. Even Alvin called me. I told him we were no longer friends. When Marie came to reason with me, I told her that she owed her life to me. Nobody was going to stop me. The city issued warnings that I'd be arrested. I went ahead anyway. I woke up very early and headed for the nearest train tracks. There was a huge crowd gathered. When I heard the unmistakable sound of a train coming, I stood in the middle of the tracks. The crowd went deathly quiet. This was it. I was face to face with the train. The only thing between me and the train were my hands. I lifted my hands ready to stop the train, but something was not right. My hands felt different. They looked different. The gloves no longer looked new. They were back to being old and wrinkly. I put my hands together and the gloves turned to ash, then fell to the ground. My hands were back to their normal size. The train was meters away from me. I had to jump out of the way or I was going to get crushed. I dived to the side of the tracks as the train swept right by me. I woke up in a hospital bed. My leg was in a cast and so was my left arm. Hello? Anybody there? I see you're awake. Welcome back, Dustin. Carmen was sitting next to my bed. She still had her dark glasses and hooded sweater on. Are you ever going to show me who you are? Sure, if you tell me how you got those superpower hands and how you lost them. How I lost them is simple. I got greedy and arrogant and the gloves were taken away. How I got them? Well, it all started when I had this stupid idea to meet a billionaire. It's not stupid, Dustin. After all, you did meet her. Carmen took off her glasses and her hoodie. Chelsea? Yes, I'm Carmen by night and Chelsea by day. What? My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there, to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children were telling me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I couldn't deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? 
Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother, who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. What do you want from us? B... L... O... O... D... Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder, and suddenly, it launched itself at me. To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. 
we do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean blood? What the you want? <laughs> Hello, man. Oh, my God, Tommy! <laughs> hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free, and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own. Hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed at the ambulance coming our way, and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house, and we heard a woman's shrill cry. Oh, God! My son! My poor Liam! Oh, God! I want him back! I want him back! Please! We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body, and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them, Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, their seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him then? Well, Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door to door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hon? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. 
We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. A boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween, and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled, Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bed sheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bands had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted 
and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than our mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... Anyway, I, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest, I think. Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh... It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you going to do then, huh? The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. <laughs> Looks good on you. I was going to say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away, but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun. 
My friend took me by the hand, and together, we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me! Oh. Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one... Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds. Until suddenly, they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were gonna open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so, come on! Don't you wanna dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people. What's wrong? I think there is a child at the party. A child? <laughs> In the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. Uh, Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso. Uh, Emma! Uh, Billy, come here! My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I... I don't know! What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants' pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I, I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius! It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. Adam. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you. Is, it, is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police. The police? What for? Forget that. I need you. Let's go for my candy together. My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma. But that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. I'm Henry. I woke up to water drops falling on my face. Was it raining in August? Why wasn't I in my bed? Was I dreaming? I forced my eyes open, feeling the cold grass beneath me. After a moment, I remembered I had fallen asleep on the front lawn the previous night. It wasn't raining. The water drops gently sprayed from the sprinkler system. I sat up and looked at our house. 
I shouldn't call it our house anymore. Now it's just my father's mansion. The night before, I learned that my father was a criminal. The mansion had been purchased with dirty money, and the rest of his fortune was made from criminal activities. I didn't want to live with him anymore, so I decided to camp out in the garden. Unfortunately, I had nowhere else to go. I originally thought my dad was a crypto investor. He kept saying he made his fortune thanks to Bitcoin and had a story he loved to tell about it. Years ago, a friend of his taught him about Bitcoin. His friend told him, no one understands its worth right now, but it'll increase in value in the future. Buy as much of it as you can while it's cheap. My dad sold off his car and invested the money in Bitcoin. His friend's prediction came true, and Bitcoin made my dad a millionaire. I used to listen to my dad tell his story with excitement. I was so proud of him for taking such a lucky risk. Turns out he was lying to me and everyone else. He never invested in Bitcoin in his whole life. Do you want to know where he got his money? After I tell you the truth, I know it'll shock you too. One day, I heard my mom crying. When I went to check on her, I overheard her talking on the phone with her sister. In tears, my mom said, He disappears all the time. It's been like this for years. Sometimes he doesn't even come home all night. There's no other explanation. I know he's cheating on me. I'm sure of it. But I can't prove anything. He denies it when I ask him directly. What? Was my dad cheating on my mom? Even in my anger, I felt sorry for her. I decided to help her out. She had a right to know if my dad was cheating on her. One night, I secretly took dad's phone. I knew his passcode because one time he had asked me to help him when his smartphone started bugging out. Assuming he hadn't changed it, I checked his messages to find out if he was cheating on my mom. I'm in, I murmured to myself. Thankfully, my dad's passcode was the same. I checked his inbox but couldn't find anything that would prove my mom's suspicions. There was nothing unusual in his messages. I also checked his photos and videos. No red flags there either. I sighed in relief. My mom had nothing to worry about. I decided I'd tell her what I'd done in the morning, hoping it would ease her mind. But then, I realized I hadn't checked the recently deleted images and videos. If he really wanted to do anything on the sly, he'd try to destroy the evidence. He wasn't great with technology. I could probably find something there if he didn't know that deleted photos and videos were kept in the trash folder for a while. My stomach lurched when I saw the massive backlog of videos in the trash folder. I anxiously tapped the first one and started watching. In the video, there was a young woman tied to a chair. Right next to her were two other people wearing ski masks. When one of them started talking, I was shocked to my core. We're making this video as proof that we kidnapped your daughter. If you go to the police, you'll never see her again. You need to pay us seven million dollars if you want to see her alive again. We'll let you know where to drop the money. I recognized that voice. It was my dad's. He and his men had kidnapped someone, demanding a seven million dollar ransom for her. As the video went on, the woman began talking. These are dangerous men, she said in tears. Please do as they say. Don't go to the police. I'm begging you. Please get me out of here. I looked at all the other deleted videos. It was the same thing over and over again. The only things that changed were the person tied to the chair and the amount of money demanded. The ransom amount was determined based on the fortune of the person they'd kidnapped. That's how I found out about my dad's real profession. I couldn't wait until the morning. I barged into my parents' bedroom and woke them up. I told them about the things I saw in the videos. My mom couldn't believe it. 
Is this true? Are you a criminal? How did you manage to keep this from me? She asked, horrified. My dad looked unfazed. So what? Of course I lied to you. I obviously couldn't tell anyone that I kidnapped people for money. Everyone has a job. This is mine. Thanks to this job, you live in this fabulous mansion. You have a life of luxury. You're both ingrates. You should be thanking me instead. Dad, if it's ransom money from innocent people you made your fortune with, I don't want this fabulous mansion or this luxurious life. I screamed. My mom backed me up. Henry's right. We don't need all this money. I would rather live an honest life than have all this, she said. Dad was upset. Your medicine cost $50,000 a month. I'm not crazy about paying for it every single month. If I hear another word about this, I'll cut you off and kick both of you out of my house, he yelled. My mom has a rare muscle disease. She needs to take expensive drugs every month to control her condition. If she fails to take them, she'll become bedridden. We stopped trying to talk sense into my dad after he threatened to cut off my mom's medicine. After discovering the truth, I didn't want to live in my father's house. Unfortunately, I didn't have anywhere else to go, and I didn't want to leave my mother alone. So I decided to live outside the mansion, in the garden. My mom was despondent when she heard about my decision. I didn't want anything that was bought with that criminal's money. She offered me blankets and other outdoor gear, but I refused. But I still had one big problem. How was I going to feed myself? The mansion's garden was gigantic. It was so big that there were still spots in the garden that I'd never been to. Maybe I'll find a fruit tree and eat fruit for breakfast, I thought, as I explored the garden. I searched for a long time and found nothing to eat. I sat down on a hill to think about what to do next. I had to find a way to feed myself. Suddenly, I felt something touch my feet. I screamed in horror. Shh, stop screaming, they'll hear you. Please help me, a voice said fearfully. I pulled out the patch of grass from underneath me. A window with bars became visible. Apparently, my father and his men had built a hidden underground prison in this part of the property. Here, they'd been keeping the people they kidnapped. I'll help you. I'll get you out, I said, kneeling. I locked eyes with the person inside the prison cell. It was my favorite YouTuber, Mr. Beast. My father had kidnapped the world's biggest YouTuber for money. Mr. 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 Beast, I stuttered. Yeah, it's me. I don't want you to save me. I just want you to get me a phone, please he said. Don't you want me to call the police? I can call them if you want. My father kidnapped you. I want to inform them personally. He sure deserves to go to jail for this, I responded. Mr. Beast said, no, I'm not going to call the police. I'll use the phone's camera. It's going to be a hell of a video. Imagine the title. I paid $5 million as ransom to my kidnappers to save myself. It's going to be my most costly video ever, but worth it. It's going to have at least 200 million views. Mr. Beast sounded so enthusiastic that I couldn't say no. I went home to get my phone and brought it back to him. Mr. Beast did as he said. When he couldn't shoot video, he did voice recordings. He hasn't published the video on his channel yet, but I know he recorded everything because he let me watch it. In the video, my father and his men were wearing ski masks, but thanks to me, Mr. Beast knew who they were. Mr. Beast called his crew with the phone I gave him. He asked them to prepare $5 million and bring it to a designated spot. I'm filming my own kidnapping and imprisonment. You guys need to record everything on your side as well, he ordered. My father gave Mr. Beast's crew the address of an abandoned factory. He demanded they bring the ransom there. Two people from Mr. Beast's crew brought the money in bags and delivered them to my father. In return, he set Mr. Beast free. 
Meanwhile, Mr. Beast's crew recorded the entire exchange on camera. You'll get to watch it when the video drops. Apart from the first video, Mr. Beast did one other video that will be published after it's posted on YouTube. The video's titled, I gave $10 million to the person who identified my kidnappers. You guessed it right, that person is me. Mr. Beast told the police my father's real identity. The same day, the police organized a raid on the mansion where they caught him and his men. He looked into my eyes when the police were taking him away. I'm going to jail because of you. You're not my son. I'm disowning you, he screamed, giving me a hateful stare. He got even more irate when he saw me acting cold toward him. Yes, I'm a criminal, but you're the son of a criminal, and that will follow you all your life, he said. In the meantime, when the police officers searched the underground prison, they found another victim. My father had kidnapped someone else after Mr. Beast. Thankfully, that was his last victim. I can rest easy knowing that he's behind bars. Currently, my father's trial is pending, but he'll likely spend most of his life in prison. The police confiscated all his property. They sold everything, including the mansion, and gave the proceeds to everyone who paid him ransom. My mom and I moved into a lovely apartment. Thanks to Mr. Beast's award, we can afford my mom's medicine every month. Even though my mother felt terrible for my father, she said, This had to happen. Your father can't kidnap innocent people anymore. He's gotten what he deserves. I still think about my father on occasion. His last words to me can't hurt me. I'm not the son of a criminal anymore. I'm the son of an incarcerated man serving a well-deserved sentence. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 